0: However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message.
1: All right, Jesus, we just thank you, God, for tonight, and we just ask that you give us hearts to receive what you want to share to us. Lord, I pray you'd speak to each person here individually where they're at, that you'd highlight scriptures to them, that you would encourage them with your truth, God. I just pray that you would give us ears to hear and that you would um, just um, anoint my words, Lord God, and we ask for your spirit to come, for you to just bless tonight, Jesus, and would you pour out greater love upon us in faith and peace and joy, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for enduring this cold upper room. Pray for the heating. (laughs) All right. So the title of my message is, I want to be found faithful. So how many of you guys have heard of Justin Rizzo's song? It goes, I want to be found faithful. I'm not going to sing it. Sorry. I'm just going to say it. Um, But I want to be found faithful. I want to be found steady. I want to be found faithful until the end. I want to live before your eyes. I want to stay before your gaze. Keep me steady here all of my days. It's just, and there's more lyrics too, but it's just such like a a powerful word and it's been just like the cry of my heart Um, recently. So Derek asked me uh, just earlier this week if I could share and he said, you know, share whatever you want, maybe share something related to, our 10-year anniversary, an uh, anniversary that we just had as a ministry, and when he said that, just I knew what the Lord was highlighting to me and speaking to me was just that the area of faithfulness, and um, even in the small. I mean, we're we're a small ministry. You guys know that, and sometimes it's hard to remain faithful in the seemingly insignificant when things don't look amazing. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes it's hard to have those eyes of faith, to believe that those two, three-person prayer meetings are really powerful and that God really does move even when you might not feel the tingling of the Holy Spirit or the fire and the wind of God. Um, That's all great. I would love to feel that. But a lot of times it's just, it's not necessarily like that, but it doesn't mean that things aren't happening. And so, you know, it's really hard just to stay that course for the long haul. And that's what I'm, I'm... Becoming more, I'm just realizing more and more as I get older, just how powerful that is. How, you know, the things that impressed me as a younger Christian still impress me, but like as I'm getting older, um, I just really see like the value in just keeping on going when people disappoint you, when you feel like maybe God has let you down. Because we have two heart responses. We could either, number one, get offended at God or become unforgiving or whatever when things are hard in our lives. Or we could say, God, you are are good, you are faithful, I'm going through this hard time, but you're the reason why I can go through this season of hardship. And, you know, really, even on our worst day, if we are believers, we have to remember where we are going to spend eternity. Okay, that is incredible. So even on our worst day, when we have the worst stuff happening in our lives, we just have to be like, wow. God, I get to be with you forever in your presence, the presence of glory and joy and experiencing your love forever and ever and ever. And so like, so you got to think of that and like be like, okay, I can do this life by the grace of God. If if this is my inheritance, like I can run the race. You know, it's going to be hard and we're not going to do it perfectly, but I can keep going. So I'm going to share with you guys just a little bit about faithfulness in the small because as I've been reflecting over the past 10 years, um, you know, just obviously this place has been small and pioneering or even just being a part of a small ministry, it can, it can be challenging and it requires just a little more grit, a little more perseverance and um, just faith, I guess. Um, you know, it's, it would be way easier to be a part of a ministry that's already successful that already has things set up and established, and there's a lot of people, and there's funding. But when it's something new and something small, it's hard. And, um, you know, God didn't call Derek and I to do something that has already been set up. He called us to pioneer, pioneer this little house of prayer. And, uh, you know, things are still small, even 10 years later. And what I'm realizing more, too, is that, you know, God has given us these dreams to start a house of prayer. But really, the pathway into great dreams that we have is through serving in the small is through just being okay when things are little and just keep on being faithful in that. And then that's the pathway to, you know, having your dreams fulfilled is just being uh, faithful in that. Mother Teresa says, be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. It's good stuff. Okay, Um, I'm going to read Zechariah 4.10. This is in the New Living Translation. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I just love that. So even here, it's the Lord does not want us to despise those small beginnings. I was um, at a prayer meeting this week, I was by myself. No one came. I was in Derek's office, really cold because the heaters weren't on. <laughs> and I, I was just having time with the Lord, just pouring in my heart. And I really did have a good time with Jesus. Like the Lord met me and highlighted verses to me. And, um, and I just was able to just press in. Uh, but I came home and I began to complain to Derek and, uh, just shared my heart with him. Like I was the only one there. I was just cold and blah, blah, blah. And, um, the next day, the Lord just really convicted me for my my attitude and, um, and showed me that God treasured that time. Like, I might not have seen it as, like, something so powerful or amazing, but God truly treasured that, that time that I just spent in the cold office alone, just pouring out my heart to the Lord. And You know, if I esteemed my time with Jesus the way he esteems it, I believe, like, without hesitation, it would be a top priority in my life. You know, if I really esteemed it like he did, it would be just such a pure joy and delight. And it wouldn't be just something that I would just have to mark off my to-do list or a religious obligation that I had to fulfill, but it would be such a joy. And so, like, I just began to realize more and more, like, man, like, I want to treasure these times with Jesus. Like, yes, they are not going to be fireworks many times. It's not going to be incredible. But if I treasure that time like he treasured it, it would be such, such more of a priority in our lives. In even Genesis 15, God tells Abram that he is his exceedingly great reward. God is our exceedingly great reward. Okay, we're going to turn to Matthew 25, 14. So I thought if I'm if I'm talking about faithfulness, I have to bring up this parable about the parable of the talents. I'm not going to read the whole thing tonight, but feel free to read it when you get home, or whenever. Um, so you know this par this is a parable of the talents, and I believe talents believe like it also can stand for money, your gifting, your your like talents, your resources, and so here this master is. He has these three guys he gives talents to, okay? The two guys that he gives talents to decide to use those talents wisely, and they invest those talents, and they come back to the master and show the the master, hey, these are the talents I invested, and I got more in return. And so the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord." Who wants to hear that at the end of our life? Amen. And then there was this one guy who decided to to not invest his talent. He was afraid. He didn't know what the master was going to do or what to expect, and he was afraid to use this talent, and so he hid the talent in the ground. And, you know, just thinking about that, like, I don't want to be someone that, out of fear, doesn't do what God has called me to do. And I know so many times I have done that. Like I've decided not to do something based on fear or what people think, or, um, just based on how comfortable I am. And I don't, but overall, like my life, like, I don't want just to live my life. Like, what if I, what if I, I did do what God has asked me to do? Like, what if I lived unabandoned and I didn't have fear and I lived for him? Like, I mean, how much greater reward will we have than if we just take the talents or the things God has given us and we decide to hide them and bury them and, and not use them for the Lord. So I know that I want to be faithful and seemingly insignificant because when we are faithful in that, then God opens those doors of blessings in our lives. Okay, Matthew 24, verses 12 to 13. It says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures the end shall be saved. So, you know, I I, I was a volunteer at the hospital for many years, and I would share this verse a lot. I would share, he who endures the end shall be saved, because there's a lot of believers out there that just kind of want to give up or kind of want to check out. And so I would share that with them you know, as a means to like, let, keep going. You know, you still have a purpose, even though you're in your hospital bed, you might be dying, but God still has a plan for your life. You're not dead yet. You know, he still has a a reason for you being here. Like seek God, like you can, you know, pray and just draw near to him. Use that time that he's given you just to uh, grow in your relationship with him. Just keep on going. And so that is, that's God's heart. You know, he who endures the end. Now there's a contrast here between cold love and enduring love it says that the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So that is why, you know, faithfulness in the long haul is so essential. We have to remain hot in our love and pursue love as it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Go after it. Ask the Lord to stir up your heart. What is ways that we can grow in love for people? There might be things that we don't necessarily want to do. Like, let's pick out someone in your mind who you might not get along with. Now, think about how you could be praying for that person and blessing them. And sometimes that's hard to do when you don't really like a person. Or think about serving that person. That's even harder. Or giving to them, whether it's money or just your time, whatever it is. And that is how God unlocks our hearts to... (laughs) Sorry, Noah's smiling really funny back there. Um, That's how God unlocks our hearts, uh, just to grow in in love. And I know that's happened to me so many times, just where I've kind of been frustrated at someone, and I go to the Lord in prayer, and God turns my heart, you know, and changes that coldness that's trying to set in towards that person, and changes it, and just begins to soften my heart towards that person. And, And so that's just so key, like, let's seek love, let's... Let's not have cold love because that's where a lot of people are going. You know, Matthew 24, it's all about the end times. Um, And that's where a lot of Christians are going is having that, just that love that grows cold. And Jesus, we don't want that. Amen. All right, so Hebrews 12.2, if you guys want to turn there. Okay, I'm going to start with verse one. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to read verse three. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Okay, so if I'm going to be talking about faithfulness also, I just always think of this verse, running the race of faith. And there's um, a couple ways that we can just keep running and keep persevering and remain faithful to Jesus. And if you look at verse 1, it says, Let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So first of all, the way to keep going and remain faithful is we have to lay aside the way of sin, the sin that so wants to ensnare us, bind us up, keep us from, from moving and keep us from running that race. We got to just lay it aside by the grace of God. And uh, and so that's number one. And also let us run with endurance the race, as I said before us, looking unto Jesus. So number two is we must keep our eyes fixed on him look to Jesus. That is going to be our main motivator in this life, is to look to him, to focus on him. And that's going to give us strength to to, just to keep going. Now, um, how did Jesus endure the cross? So it says that he endured the cross... um, It says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So how did he endure the cross? He endured it because he had joy that was set before him. And we are that joy. So if the Lord Jesus himself, the way that he endured the cross, was that he he did it because he did it for us. He had that joy that was set before him. We need to also... Be like, we're going to endure this race. He's going to, that Jesus is our our joy that's set before us so we could keep on going. And also, verse 3, it says, consider him who endured hostility from sinners, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So we also need to understand like all the things that Jesus went through and um, take that to heart because that's also going to help us to not become discouraged and to keep on going. Misty Edwards sings a song. It says, um, if you don't quit, you win. You win. It's just very simple, but it's so true. Okay, so just don't quit. (laughs) Let's just keep going. Okay, I'm going to share a little bit about just faithfulness and prayer. So Romans 12.12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I love that God highlights specifically Faithful in prayer. I think it's because he knows that it's hard. He knows that the thing about prayer is it does require faith because we can't necessarily see the things that are happening, and when we can't see fruit being produced, um, it's just it's sometimes sometimes challenging. You guys know that. You know, prayer is a faith ministry. It's easy to be. It's easy for us to also just lose heart. Uh, So we're going to look at Luke. Chapter 18. I'm going to have you guys kind of turning or flipping through or scrolling, whatever you guys have? Okay, so Luke 18 is the uh, is the uh, parable of the persistent widow. He sp- and he spoke to them a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So this parable is specifically intended for for us that we would always pray and not lose heart. Okay, so I'm not going to read the full full parable, but this is about the widow going to the unjust judge over and over again. Get vengeance for me. You know, I need justice. She's, she's asking over and over again. Now, this seems like an impossible situation, right? The, there's an unjust judge so he's, he's known for that. He just doesn't give in. He's not just. But this widow kept, keeps coming over and over and over again. She doesn't give up. She doesn't lose heart, but she keeps coming. And the, what happens is this impossible situation becomes a reality. A true miracle does take place. So what's impossible for man is, is possible for God. So I think it's interesting that the Lord specifically says this is a parable about prayer. It's because he wants us to be like that widow, that when there's an impossible situation in our lives, like the widow faced, we got to keep coming over and over again. And God is way more kinder than an unjust judge, you know? He's, he's way more loving and has our best interests at heart. And so we just have to keep on going to him and, uh, and just praying, Lord, help me not to lose heart, to give up, just keep on going. Because it says in verse 8 also, starts at verse 7, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears along with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will you really find faith on the earth? So God is a God that will avenge his own elect, those that continue to cry out to him and ask him for a breakthrough and whatever you're going through. Okay, I'm going to give a couple examples on uh, faithfulness, just from the Bible. Uh, first of all, the, obviously the one that sticks out to my, in my mind the the most is the book of Job, and the beauty of Job is that he did not curse God and die. Okay, he he decided to not just give up his faith when everything around him was falling apart, even though that was that was a, an option. His wife you know, encourage him to do that. That was definitely an option, but he's like, hmm, should I do that? Or should I just focus on God's faithfulness and goodness and worship him, even though this horrible stuff is happening to me? And he decided to not lose his salvation and to keep on going. And he might not have understood fully what was happening, but he just said, Jesus, you know, I'm going to keep running this race and being faithful to you. I'm not going to Go, I'm not going to curse God and die like I'm being encouraged to do. All right. So also I'm going to talk about the 10 virgins uh, parable in Matthew 25. Going back there. Okay. So you guys can also read this in your own um, time with the Lord later. So there were five. You guys probably know the story. There were five wise virgins, five that were foolish, and I guess like when I think about faithfulness, I think about like here's two examples: um, ones that you know, the the five wise virgins and the five, five foolish ones. There's ones that were faithful, ones that were not faithful. And they both slumbered, these, both of them slumbered and slept, the wise and the unwise. They both didn't really expect the bridegroom to come. Um, they, both, they, didn't, they didn't expect him to delay, actually. Well, so they didn't expect him to delay, I should say. Because they, they were like, okay, well, he's delaying, so let's just go to sleep. But the difference between the two groups was that the ones that were wise prioritize the oil, which the oil speaks of intimacy. They had their priorities straight. They prioritize being with Jesus, having that intimacy, that relationship with him, and that's how they were prepared. And so, you know, if we want to be prepared for when unexpected things come in our lives or just when the bridegroom is delaying or, when, you know, just before the return of Jesus, if we want to be prepared, we need to also be like the five wise virgins who have oil in, in our lamps and have a history in God and are faithful to the Lord and prioritize that, that time with Jesus. You know, they were intentional to draw near to Jesus. And I've heard too that the lamps signify ministry, the oil signifies intimacy. So we don't want to just have a ministry. We want to have closeness to God. You know, we don't want to just have like a name that we are al- we're alive, but we're really dead on the inside. Okay, and I'm gonna share with you guys a dream that I had. And I'm gonna turn also to Jude 24, because part of this is in my dream. Okay, so this is a dream about God's faithfulness. And I had this about a year this dream about a year ago. I don't think I've ever shared it um, when I've been preaching before. Uh, so Okay, so kind of hear me out. The day before the stream, I was just pouring out my heart to the Lord. This is real life. So I was just saying, Jesus, I was just being totally honest. I don't know if you guys have these conversations or not, but I was, I was like, Lord, I'd rather you take me now than I somehow become offended and bitter or unforgiving. I'd rather just, you know, just you just take me, you know, than something like that creep in where I just, my love grows cold or I just fall away from you. And not that I, I believed, I believed, you know, when I was sharing this, that I have a, God has a plan for my life. I love my kids. I want to be there for them. But I, I just was like, you know, just having that real honest conversation with the Lord. Like, I don't want like to lose my salvation or I don't want to like, cause sometimes I can, I can see how unforgiveness sometimes can creep into my heart or a little bit of offense here or whatever. And I think I was kind of like feeling those thoughts, you know, during that time or those feelings started to creep in. And I just, I'm like, no, I I just, I don't want that. I don't want to have that a part of my life. Um, And so I was just, you know, just sharing my heart to the Lord. Okay, so fast forward to that night, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was getting ready to preach in front of a lot of people. And I was like super excited to share. And the Lord brought, I wasn't preaching yet, but the Lord brought to my remembrance the conversation, the real life conversation I had with him the night before. And then he, he, uh, showed what he uh, dropped in my heart. Jude 24. Okay. I'm going to read it now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Okay. So I woke up from that dream and I just felt so loved because it's like God really took that conversation that I had with him seriously. He saw that, like, I'm like kind of worried. I'm like, I don't want, you know, unforgiveness or bitterness or anything in my heart. It's like, I don't want to fall away from you, Jesus. And then he's like, he just shared that, dropped that verse in my spirit in that dream. And I, it's not like I had been meditating on that verse. I don't think I ever really thought about that verse hardly up until that dream. So it's not like it was something I was, it was fresh in my mind. It was not even on my radar. And so this verse is all about now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Okay, so God has the power, the ability, and not just that, he has the desire to keep us from stumbling and to present you faultless with before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I just think that's just such a beautiful verse. And... I heard somewhere or read somewhere we have the responsibility, but God has the ability, and um, you know, like I can't in myself keep myself from stumbling. You know, it's it's God's grace. Yes, like I can sign up every day. There's like balance there. You have to you have free will, and you have to sign up every day to keep running that race. But it's God's grace that will let us, that will keep us, and will help us to run that race. And the word able here now to him who is able is actually a Greek word called, um, it's dumenai. Did I say that right? Uh, Any uh, Greek scholars out there? What? (laughs) Okay. All right, and that word is translated as God is powerful. The explosive dynamite is actually named from that word. So God is powerful. Dunamis power. Dunami power. He is able, it's like this explosive power, able to keep us from stumbling. Like, he is so good, you know? He sees my heart. My heart is like, Lord, I don't want to fall away from you. And he's like, I am, like, I see that weak, yes. I see that you sin and you're not perfect. But I am able to keep you from stumbling and I'm able to present you faultless. And not just that, I'm going to present you faultless before God's presence with exceeding joy. I love that because he's going to present us before God, but also we're going to have exceeding joy. Also, just that is just such a powerful verse. And I would love to hear you guys your thoughts of this verse too, when we're all done. Just if you guys have a little insights, because I was just trying to, I was just meditating on it um, this this past week. So please come to me, and if you guys have uh, other insights on this verse, please share with share with me. Okay, so. I'm going to be closing up here, guys, but um, I'm going to turn to Jeremiah chapter 9. Okay, so last of all, you know, just my exhortation to you all and to myself also whenever I preach it's like I preach to myself and it gets deeper in me, but let's be faithful to the Lord, to our church, our ministry, our family, to those around us, um, you know, love them, serve them, do what God's called us to do. And we have to keep in mind too, just that God's view of success is sometimes just way different than what, how we view it. That's why I love Jeremiah chapter nine, verse, uh, we'll start at verse 23. It says, thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him, him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So God has a different view of success. We as a world, the world view success by three criteria, by wisdom power and wealth. Okay. So, but that's not how God views it. This is what it says in basically verse 23 there, but God views success as understanding and knowing him and knowing also that God exercises love and kindness, righteousness, judgment in, for in these I delight. So if we truly understand and know him, then that is, that is God delights in that. And I just, I love that I love that he has a different view of success than we do, Um, and I want to understand his his view, and I want to go after understanding and knowing Jesus more and more every day. Okay, another Mother Teresa quote, God has not called me to be successful. He has called me to be faithful. Okay, so, you know, things around you might be shaking or shattering, but you know, if you're still pursuing God, then you're successful. If you're still going after Jesus and signing up every day, then you're still successful. So that's just my message on my heart, you guys. Um, let's, I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer and then we'll be able just to do like a little small group prayer also. Jesus, we just come before you and I just thank you for just this time. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that you are so faithful that you are able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the glory of, of the Father with such exceeding joy. And great. And I just thank you, God, for your, your greatness and your power and your might and your love. And we ask for that grace to stay steady in the long haul, to keep on going, that we would have eyes that would be fixed on you. No matter what's going on around us, that we would truly have a, a single-minded vision for you, Father. I pray that you would help us to um, continue to have our hearts set on fire for you and for others around us, that our love would never grow cold, God. We just thank you, Jesus, that your view of success is different than the world's. We ask that you would help us to know you and understand you in a greater way. And we just thank you for tonight, Jesus. Would you come and have your way? Pour out your love in our hearts tonight, Father, and, and just encourage each of us here in Jesus' name, amen.
0: For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.